this morning. The first title I had for this preach was A Teachable Heart. But then the second title I had for the preach is Are You a Formula One Racing Car or a Fighter Jet? Okay. But I'll get to that later. I've got a bit of a picture. So let's start the service with some math. So who loves math? Ah, William. Yes, that was a very fast. <laughs> Anybody else love math? Yella? Oh, yeah. We're mathletes, not athletes. So a year has 52 weeks. You all knew that. So there's 52 Sunday services. But let's say we do 50 Sunday services per year. Uh, this particular venue is closed during Kunstafias because this is an actual Kunstafias venue, so they hold shows here. So for at least that one week, we don't have this venue. And then uh, we might be closed over Christmas, New Year for a week. So say that's 50 services per year. And say you attend 40 services per year. I hope you attend more. It would be great if you attend them all. But um, let's say 40. So you attend 40 services per annum. And let's say you've been in church for five years. So that's 40 services per annum for five years. How many services would you have heard? Ah, Jan. You'll see how come for Jan with our finances vertrouw. So that guy that's very fast with math. That's a joke, but I'm not going to tell it now. And come to me afterwards and I'll tell it. Um, 200 messages. So if you've been in church for five years, you would have heard mm, plus minus 200 Sunday services. If you've been in church for 10 years, 10 times 40, 400. 20 years, 800. So who has been in church for five years? Of your life. I mean, not in this church necessarily, just in general. I mean, who's attended church for five years, 10 years, 20 years? Well, I guess most of us grew up in a church somewhere, so it's a lot of services that we've heard. So this is only counting the Sunday messages, right? So we haven't counted any daily devotionals. We haven't counted any um, life group, community messages, any other discussions we might have had. We are not counting any... Um, Blog posts that we've read off the 412 website, any podcasts. I mean, the world is full of messages from the Bible. So, I mean, counting all of those, we see how many messages we have heard from the Bible over the years that we have walked with Christ. Thousands. So would you say, after hearing thousands of messages from one book that you know it all. Segi's got it right. Spoiler alert. The answer is never. So the answer is no. Right? We never know enough. And the answer is yes. Yes, we have to keep learning. So it's a no and a Yes. So it doesn't matter how much you have heard from the word of God. There's always more to learn. 
always more that God has for us. God always wants to reveal himself to us more intimately. And we can always do with more tweaking in our lives and course corrections as we walk this journey with Jesus. Psalm 145 verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Ephesians three seventeen to 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, not the height. I know that falls easily on the tongue. The breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So can we know it? We cannot know it. It, is, it surpasses our knowledge. We in our human faculties don't, you know, we cannot comprehend the love that God has for us. So the fullness of the Lord's love, his mercy, his greatness is unsearchable for us and unknowable for us. And we can never know God deeply enough, right? Um, it never gets old and it never gets stale. So how awesome is that? I was listening to a preach from the Isle of Man for 12 conference by Peter de Korte uh, from the Netherlands church. You know Peter. Um, and he was uh, just, as an aside, made a little comment about his kids and doesn't matter what they have and how much they have and how much all their needs are met, there is always something more that they want, right? And, and isn't that true for all of us? Doesn't matter what, <laughs> Annelien, <laughs> true for little Luca. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how much we have, we always want something else. We always want something more, Right? So you get a new pair of sneakers or you get that new iPhone that you'd wanted. You upgrade your phone. How long before that phone gets stale? Eh, a week or two, three, it's awesome. And then it's just the next new thing that you want, right? Nothing keeps on being awesome all the time. Everything grows stale except Jesus. With Jesus, there is always more. Jesus never grows stale. And our relationship with Jesus never grows stale. So we read the story of a humble and a teachable preacher called Apollos in Acts 18. He wasn't afraid to be taught into knowing Jesus deeper and more intimately. So let's read Acts 18 verse 24 to 26. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. So that paints a great picture of Apollos. He is fervent. He loves Jesus. He goes around in the synagogues and he preaches the message. Although 
he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the, more, the way of God more accurately. So, what do we learn about Apollos? Apollos was from Egypt, from Alexandria, for those who know their geography. Scripture says that he was a learned man. So, he came from a very educated background. Scripture says he had a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Well, that speaks for itself. He knew his Bible very well. It also says Apollos had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So growing up as a Jew and receiving schooling as a Jew from the Torah, from the Lords, from the Old Testament, he also got instructed in the way of Jesus and he converted to Christianity. So we see that he had some impressive credentials, don't you think? He was respected and a successful preacher, teacher, public speaker, an evangelist, as he was going around the synagogues in Asia preaching Jesus. Now the other actors in the story is Priscilla and Aquila. They were Italian Jews from Rome. They were totally sold out for Jesus. They lived their lives to the fullest for Jesus. They accompanied Paul on one of his missionary journeys, ended up in the city of Ephesus with Paul, helped Paul plant the church in Ephesus, and Paul leaves them behind in the city of Ephesus to tend and work in the church while he goes on with his missionary journeys. So that's Priscilla and Aquila. So back to Apollos. So while Apollos was preaching in the synagogue in Ephesus, Priscilla and Aquila hear him speak. He spoke with great fervor. He taught about Jesus accurately. Although we read he only knows the baptism of John. So what do Priscilla and Aquila do? They invite him to their home. And they teach him the way of God more accurately. So they tell him, hey bud, we think you've got this thing wrong. There is a more accurate way. It is not wrong, wrong. It's not grossly wrong. But there is a more accurate way to this. And you haven't yet received that revelation. But we have. So we are teaching you this more accurately. So... Just quickly, to get the context of what is the baptism of John, it's not the the focus of this message, but just so you know what Apollos lacked, we read in Acts 19, verse 2 to 6, Paul, and he, Paul, he came to a place, and he was speaking to the believers in that place, and he, Paul, said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It's a good question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they heard a message. They heard a message about Jesus. They believed, but they didn't hear hear about the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, 
into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. That is what Apollos taught. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. So that which John had taught was still to happen. He was talking. Are teaching and talking about Jesus, the one that was to come yet, hasn't come yet, the one that was to come after him. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and immediately spiritual gifts were activated. They started prophesying, they started speaking in tongues. And that's the baptism of Jesus. So Apollos didn't know this. So Aquila and Priscilla taught him about the baptism of Jesus. They taught him the more accurate way. Right, so we see that most likely uh, Apollos was teaching a message of repentance, but without having that full revelation of being baptized into Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and also without having that Holy Spirit um, power and activation of the gifts in him. So that's why Apollos was taught by Aquila and Priscilla. And they explained this to him. They explained to him about the baptism of Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about the spiritual gifts, and about the resurrection of Jesus and all that had happened. So what I want to focus on this morning is this incredible, humble, teachable spirit of Apollos. He was an educated and learned man. He was an evangelist. He already went around speaking in the synagogues. Right? So he wasn't a baby Christian. He wasn't feeding himself on milk, like Paul says. He was feeding himself on solids already, going around making other people believe in Jesus. The King James Version uses these two words, which I like. Fervent. And it means intensely passionate. So he was intensely passionate about the things of the Lord. And diligent. He was a hard and dedicated worker in God's kingdom. And yet for all these credentials, you know, and for all the reasons that one could have some pride, thinking, well... You're not going to teach me. I'm going to teach you. Because I've done this longer than you have. He was humble and eager and willing to be taught and corrected and tweaked. That's remarkable. And usually, like I said, when we rise up the ladder of knowledge and revelation, we get to where we have to fight to, get, to not get to a place of pride, right? I mean, the longer you've been doing something, the more easy it is to look at the young uns and say, oh, you know, you've just started your career. I've been doing this for 30 years. You know. So how many of us are willing to be tweaked? How many of us are willing to be adjusted in what you believe and how you walk it out? How many of you are open to correction 
without the slightest bit of pride rising in your hearts. If I tell you something that I see, if anybody tells you something that they see, it might happen for your children. Who knows? Your children are very good at exposing your cracks. Said, don't you shout. But you shouted yesterday. I'm sorry. So Apollo sets the golden standard for us to follow. So Apollos is also mentioned a number of times after this introduction in the Bible. So the first time we read of Apollos, it's this scripture. We read about him, he teaches, he gets corrected, and then he continues onwards to do great things in the early churches. He plays crucial role along with Paul. He becomes good friends with Paul. He co-labors with Paul in the early churches. Why? Would we have had the revelations today if Apollos continued teaching the baptism of John? Would we have the revelation we have today if Apollos didn't teach about the Holy Spirit and the death, resurrection, burial of Jesus? But he was willing to be taught a more accurate way and he continued on to build the churches that we see today. That we are trying to model today the Acts Church, the New Testament Church. Let's look at Acts 18, verse 27 to 28. So, this is the verse just after we read about him being corrected. So, right after Priscilla and Aquila corrects him. And when he, Apollos, Wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers at Ephesus, who had come to know him, encouraged him to go. And they even wrote to the disciples in Achaia to welcome him. When he arrived in Achaia, he greatly helped those who, through grace, had believed. So there were already believers there. He joined them. And he powerfully refuted the Jews in public. He was debating the Jews in public. And he powerfully beat them at their own game. Showing that by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. That was the revelation he had. That Christ had already come. These things were already done. They were fulfilled and we now live in the power of the Spirit. One Corinthians three verse six. This is Paul that writes, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Just some illustrations to see, to show you how Apollos went on after being tweaked, after receiving correction humbly. He went on with Paul to minister and co-labor and plant pretty much everything that we have today. He was instrumental along with Paul in doing the work of the ministry. God gave growth to that which Apollos and Paul planted. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you want to say that about yourself? God gave growth to that which Bernard planted. That would be amazing. So to recap, 
We read of Apollos. He encounters Priscilla and Aquila. They tweak him. They correct him. They teach him a better way. And in the rest of the New Testament, Apollos goes on to be awesome in God's kingdom. So the point is, even though you may have heard thousands of messages, are you still humble and teachable, tweakable and correctable? So here is a bit of a question I would like you to answer for yourself. Might be a bit of a convicting question. I hope it is. Why do you come to church? Why do you come to church every Sunday? Do you come to church to get a pep talk? Some inspiration for the week ahead? No. Getting some inspo? Or do you come to meet Jesus? Do you come to be permanently changed? Do you come with an expectant heart that if you walk out that door, what you have heard would have changed you? It's like an airplane, right? Or if you draw a graph, if you deviate one degree from your starting point and you just go on infinitely, by the end, you'll be very far off that line, right? An airplane flying one degree off course. Now, if you're flying to Europe, and it's a 12-hour flight. If you start in Cape Town one degree off course, where will you end? You might end up in Greenland. You're not going straight up to Europe. You know, one degree out when you start means you'll be totally off course by the end of it. So my question is, when do you want to be tweaked? Do you want to be tweaked by the time you get there and you see I am 500 miles off? Or do you want to be tweaked right here when I see you are one degree off? With a slight adjustment, you can remain on course. Very off the cuff. I don't have a lot of this in my notes, actually. Two metaphors to illustrate. And this is where the title of my preach comes from. Where's Darby now with the Formula One racing car, the Brands? So two pictures. One is the picture of a Formula One racing car. Okay, so what do they do? They go round and round and round and round the circuit, and they stop in the pit in the pit lane every so often to refuel. Once they are filled with fuel again, what do they do? <sighs> round and round and round and round the circle, the circuit. Now a fighter jet on the other hand, the fighter jet takes off. Where do fighter jets refuel? Who knows this? Where? In the air, they do. So they fly the maximum distance 
that their fuel tank can carry them, they refuel in the air and they go another distance to reach further, fly longer. You can see the two pictures I'm illustrating. If you're a Formula One racing car, you come to church for a weekly inspo. You come, you pull in the, to the pit lane, you get a bit of fuel, and then you go back round and round and round with the same circles of your life. No victory, no life. Same all over again, same struggles, same problems. Or are you a fighter jet? You come to church, you refuel, you allow God to change you, to tweak you. To run far with God. And the next Sunday you come back. You tweaked again. You refilled again. Not to go around the same circuit. But to continue running farther than you've been the previous week. So you don't want to be the same place week by week. So the title of my preach. Are you a Formula 1 racing car? Or are you a fighter jet? Will you allow God to tweak you? How does he tweak you? Through people. Through the word. If you spend time in the word, you get convicted. But also through people. Through messages. Through messages to the group. I can say something. Anybody can say something that tweaks your heart. Individually. I meet you for a coffee and I say, "Mm, I see this thing. Even unbelievers, who knows that the Lord can even use unbelievers to tweak something in your life. It may be a big thing, maybe a small thing. The thing is not to get hung up on the correction. Don't get stuck there. Look at the outcome. Be more holy. Be more whole. Being in the will of God. Walking in the ways and the plans that God has for your life. More and more. So do you want to be on God's course? Be teachable. Allow the word of God to teach you, to tweak you, to correct you. So in closing, will you allow God to take you where he wants you to be? God wants you to be a fighter jet. He wants you to fly as far as you can. Then he wants to refuel you in the air while you're going. And then he wants you to fly even further into unknown territories. You might not have been there, but that's fine. God is with you. You Do you want to be the person that he wants you to be? Continue learning. Be on God's course for your life. So let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, As we hear from your word, it is such a privilege, Lord, 
to receive instruction from you. You have given us your word to instruct us, to show us a better and a more adequate way. The early church, it says in Acts, when people heard the message of the gospel, they were cut to the heart. They repented. And they were added to their number daily. People who were being saved. People who started following you. People who were tweaked and course changed and course corrected. Jesus, help us to have open hearts. Help us to have teachable hearts. Help us to never get stuck in a rut. To never get stuck on the course we are on. And not allowing anybody to touch our steering wheel. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we just need a degree of change. And that steers us in a whole new direction. And thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You never let us go, Lord. Whether we are one degree off or whether we are 5,000 miles off, Lord, you are always there to take us up into your arms. No deviation, of course, is too big for you to get us back on track. And we thank you for that, Jesus. What a privilege that you would just lavish your mercy and your love on us so much. That we can never be too far off course for you. You always rescue us.